Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF, the podcast. This is episode 60 called Amy D. Hey guys, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I know firsthand that infertility can affect both our physical and our mental health in life-changing and enduring ways. That's why I've become an ambassador for BetterHelp, the leading provider of online counseling with over 4,000 licensed counselors and therapists. BetterHelp offers a safe and affordable way to connect to these licensed counselors and therapists, and you can do it through video calls, real-time phone calls, texts, or direct messages. And it's super easy. You take a short survey online. I did it the other day, and it took probably five minutes. And their algorithm will match you to the right online therapist. And you can start communicating in under 24 hours. BetterHelp's mission is to make professional counseling accessible, affordable, and convenient so that anyone who struggles with life's challenges can get help anytime and anywhere. So if you're interested in BetterHelp, visit trybetterhelp.com slash infertileaf. That's trybetterhelp and join the over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health. As a special offer, Infertile AF listeners are going to get 10% off their first month. So again, go to trybetterhelp.com slash infertile AF. On this episode, I'm partnering with the good people at Pacific Fertility Center, which is located in the San Francisco Bay Area and has been serving patients for more than 20 years. At Pacific Fertility Center, they believe that everyone has the right to create their family in their very own way. They've welcomed more than 10,000 babies through IVF, IUI, and egg donation. And now they're offering free 30-minute virtual consults. So if you want more information, you can check out their Instagram, which is at Pacific Fertility Center. You can email them at info at pacificfertility.com, or you can call them at 415-834-3000 to get started today. Thanks, PFC. Okay, guys. So I'm so excited to share my conversation with Amy today. She is one of these amazing women who I've met in this infertility space who, after going through infertility herself, decided to do something about it. And she's created this groundbreaking, super innovative product called Uva, which you've probably heard me talk about before. It's an at-home ovulation kit but it's different from anything that's out there. So it tests all these different levels and it tests your hormones and it's super forward thinking. And I think it's going to really change the landscape in fertility and infertility. So today Amy's going to tell us what she went through and all the months of heartbreak she went through to have her son. And then she's going to tell us how she turned that around and created this incredible product, which is out on the market finally now. So it's so exciting because when we first met, it wasn't out yet. And just recently they launched it. So super happy for Amy and the Uva team. So without further ado, this is Amy's infertility story. Okay, so I'm here today with Amy. How are you? I'm good. Thanks good. for having me. Thank you. It's so good to see you and finally have this conversation. We've been talking about it for a while. 
but you have an interesting story. This whole thing started for you from what I've read and from what you've told me when you were having your regular periods. So you kind of, you never really had a normal cycle. Is that right? Never. Okay. So I think I, let's be completely transparent here. So I had my first period when I was 14 and um, super scary day. I'm sure every girl can relate to that. But then you're taught that your period should come every month, right? And so when you first get your period, maybe it's not regular, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But then give it a year and it still wasn't. And when I say irregular, I mean like I wasn't getting a period for four months, six months, eight months. Like you're talking long periods of time without having a period. And being as young as I was, like the periods I had were super painful. Like I would bleed excessively for for days. Wow. Um, That's so rough as a teenager, oh, too. Yeah. And I'm sure you're, were any of your friends going through the same thing or no? I mean, no one really talked about it. Right. Um, Where were you? Where'd you grow up? In Princeton. Okay. New Jersey. Okay. So no one really talked about it. But you knew that everyone was kind of going through it and it just seemed like I was experiencing the most excruciating pain because everyone else was kind of like, okay, every day. And I couldn't get out of bed some days. Oh, no. So um, it, it, something felt off. Right. The doctors all said it was fine. Like, let her kind of let time go and she'll get more regular as time goes on and it wasn't until I was in college and kind of coming towards the end of it when I was 22 that I decided to okay let me get something for this because this doesn't seem normal Mm -hmm. so I went to a clinician uh, my OB at the time and uh, told her I had irregular periods now mind you I just came out of college so Everyone gains a little bit of weight in college. Um, yes, so I, was, I know I did. The <laughs> freshman, like, 30. It wasn't yeah. even the freshman 15 exactly. for me. Well, I was uh, not even overweight, but I had definitely gained weight from the mm-hmm. last time that I had seen them. And I had acne on my face. Mm-hmm. So she literally looked me up and down, those three symptoms, and was like, I think you have PCOS and you're pre-diabetic. Whoa. Um, and, yeah, I mean, how, how? I'm 22 years old. How can I possibly be pre-diabetic? Right. So she put me on metformin and said, I have PCOS. So um, just by looking at you, and I know this is a little bit of foreshadowing, but she didn't do any really tests no. to, to prove that, right? No blood tests, okay. no, no ultrasound. And then she also gave me birth control. She said that would help regulate my periods, okay. which I had heard of. Like, Sure. Um, I had never taken the, the pill before. So now I go home. Mind you, I'm walking out of this office terrified because I'm pre-diabetic, and I've been active my whole life. Like I used to exercise. Mm-hmm. I used to eat well. Um, so I'm like, how, how is, like, I know, like, heart disease runs in my family, but, like, how can I be pre-diabetic? So I took that medication religiously. I didn't miss a dose mm-hmm. um, for anything. And what did the medication do to you? Did it have any other side effects? I mean, that seems like a lot of medication to be on kind of willy-nilly, you right. know, without... I got every side effect that's listed. Okay. So, like, my periods definitely didn't get regular. I think when I started the birth control, I was uh, bleeding for about... I want to say 14 days and like really heavy bleeding oh, to the wow. point where I actually started getting anemic because it was just so heavy. And I'm like, this can't be normal. So I went back in less than a month and I was like, is, is this right? And she's like, well, it'll take time for it to regulate, but let's try a different birth control. So she put me on another one and that didn't help at all. Like okay. I started getting such heavy mood swings when I'm a pretty happy person overall. Yeah. Couldn't get out of bed because I was just like, I couldn't get my thoughts together. I was always sad. Um, yeah, you had but like a bout of depression yeah, too, right? Yeah. yeah, it was really bad, and I've never felt that before. So mm-hmm. for people who suffer through any sort of mental illness, like I, I, I have so much sympathy for them. Right. Because it, it is serious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a horrible thing to kind of go through. 
so then like this went on for a few years like mm-hmm. I actually continued with this for about three years maybe a little bit more than that and my periods never got regular mm-hmm. so I would go through months without a period and then when I got it it was the most painful thing and like I would feel my energy level just like dropping drastically and it was because I was becoming anemic from losing so much blood wow so it was a really rough few years and imagine like you're right out of college so you have your first job you're trying to figure life out and right you have this massive weight on your shoulders too uh, keep in mind like I haven't even thought about having kids yet it's like right. that's not even in the realm of of my uh thinking yeah but this whole time you're thinking it's just it's PCOS right so did you know anything about PCOS I mean uh, you're a very brilliant person <laughs> and very educated so did you had you done research or what I mean I knew of it and I had done obviously whatever google searches you can do at the time mm-hmm. But I didn't have enough knowledge to, or even thought to challenge my doctor, which now looking back, I wish I had. But um, right. I, I took their word because I trusted sure. them. Sure, they're the doctor. Right. Right. <laughs> so I knew of it and I knew how common it was. I was like, maybe I, I do have mm-hmm. it and these symptoms that I'm experiencing, it could be PCOS, sure. Um, and I think that kind of sheds light on how complicated this disease is, mm-hmm. that these symptoms can be very misleading. Mm-hmm. So finally, I, I was like, this really cannot be normal. So I went to another doctor, and um, they ask you, like, what's your history? Like, what medications are you on? Gave her my medication list, and I was like, I have PCOS. And at that point, I had, like, I was back to my normal weight, and the acne had cleared up because mm-hmm. I've grown up a bit. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, so you just have, like, she's like, what, what um, testing have you done to confirm this? I was like, nothing. Um, I was just diagnosed about six years ago. And she's like, hold on, let me run a blood panel. Um, let's do an ultrasound right here. Because she was just completely floored that no one had ever tested my testosterone or checked to see that I had any actual physical symptoms of PCOS. Right. Did everything right there. I had nothing. Like, wow. There was no cysts. And I know you can have PCOS without having cysts on your ovaries, but like right. my testosterone levels are fine. I just had irregular periods. And that's normal. Oh my gosh. So what did you feel like in that moment, having been misdiagnosed (laughs) six years prior and going through all this, these medications and all the... You could feel a lot of, a lot of like anxiety and like anger and whatever. But really for me, it was more of like, okay, so I know my body. It was more like an empowering moment where Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I should have stood up for myself because I know I wasn't pre-diabetic. Like, right. Why didn't I question it then? So it was a huge sense of relief because I didn't have these things that the doctors had mm-hmm. previously said I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it was kind of a eye-opening moment for me that mm-hmm. we should really start getting... Like, I shouldn't trust the first thing that someone says to me. And I'm probably the worst patient, not only because I'm me, but I challenge everything that a doctor says. Well, that's that. great. And yeah. I think it's worth interjecting and saying that, you know, this is a point where... People need, we've said this before in in other episodes, but people need to advocate for themselves and get second opinions. And if something doesn't feel right or you're labeled as something or diagnosed with something, definitely do your research, figure it out for yourself. And it's sad, kind of sad that we have to do that, but it's the reality. It is. You know, not to fault doctors. Doctors are wonderful and they're doing their best and they're human. So. It's not really pointing the blame at anyone. It's just saying, you know, you have to advocate for yourself. Absolutely. And I think it, you shouldn't overshadow the fact that you know your body better than anyone else. Right. So, Ooh, that's a good one. That's like, a good point. Yeah. A doctor is trained in a certain way. They look for clinical symptoms. And that's like that's what you can train somebody in. But mm-hmm. you can't give someone that intuition that you have on your own body. Mm-hmm. So trust it and just question things. Like you're not saying like, 
I'm not saying fight with your doctor, but just right. challenge them and question it. Yeah. You have every right as a patient to do that. Right. And they probably will welcome that too because it helps them grow as doctors exactly. and realize it's not always black and white right. and, you know, everybody's different. So, yeah. Okay. So then what happened? You, all right, so you don't have PCOS. I don't have PCOS. <laughs> I would have been a little pissed off though. Were yeah. you a little like. I mean, I was extremely happy to be off the birth control meds. Okay. That just didn't sit with me at all. And to be completely honest, like after about three years of taking them, I stopped taking it as regular as I should have. So the symptoms started wearing off, mm -hmm. but man, like, thank God I was off of that. Mm -hmm. Did you instantly feel better when yeah, you got all, that's, I did. that's pretty cool and yeah. amazing. Um, I really did. And my bleeding actually got a little bit more manageable. So mm -hmm. I feel like the birth control just like wrecked my system mm -hmm. even more than it already was wrecked. Right. But so now I guess we're in my late twenties. I happened to meet my husband mm -hmm. and we're dating, mm -hmm. had that conversation early on that like, all right, so we are going to have kids whenever we get married. Um, okay. How did you, did you guys know, when did you know that he was the person you wanted to spend the rest of your life with? It was our third date. Um, okay. And it's because the first date, he actually took, we, I lived in Princeton, he lived in Stamford, Connecticut. So New York City was kind of the middle ground for us. So our first date, he took me to New York for dinner and like picked me up in Princeton and drove back to the city to go to dinner. And as we're driving, like I'm this big chatterbox, like I'm just going nonstop <laughs> telling him everything about myself. And we passed the sign for Lion King on Broadway. And all I said in the middle of my rant of whatever I was talking about was, oh, that's my favorite movie. And I continued on yeah. to, to the next thing. Um, but he caught that. So Ooh. for our third date, he took me to see Lion King on Broadway. Good move. Yeah. I know. He's, he's wonderful. But the best thing was, like, so in my head, everyone has seen Lion King, right? Like, you know the story. You sure. kind of know the gist of what's happening. He checked her jackets and sits down next to me, and he goes, so what's this about? What? <laughs> I was like, I was floored. I'm like, what? And the woman next to me was hilarious. I'll never forget her. She goes, oh, my God, we have a Lion King virgin here. Wow. And to see it on Broadway for the first oh time, God. that's cool. It was amazing. That's and super No cool. one has seen that. You need to go see that Broadway show. Yes, I actually have not seen the Broadway show. That is one of the my best My daughter ones. has seen it before <laughs> me, and I think she saw it when she was three. Yeah, so um, at that moment, I kind of knew because he listens, and he has continued to listen after 11 that's, years of us being together. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. That is very cool. Great quality to have. Absolutely. Okay, so you started talking about having kids, and when did you guys, how long after you got married did you guys start to try? Uh, so we got married in 2012. We started trying in 2016. Okay. So four years. Mm -hmm. um, and it was kind of strange, because we had the conversation early on. We knew we didn't want to get have kids right away, mm -hmm. um, but we expected it to not be an easy journey, just because I'll get into that in a minute, but mm -hmm. like we just both wanted to accomplish a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Like I, I wanted to reach a certain position in my job, and then it became all right. Let me get my PhD. All right, now let's hit the next mile. Like it was just just one a mile little step. something called a PhD. Yeah, right? <laughs> just a little thing. Um, but like there was always something, and like it kind of goes to say like there's never the right time or perfect time to have a baby or grow your family. Right. You figure it out, and I think we're like complete. Like pillars of that, um, or models of that. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, in 2016, I was I had just set my dissertation date, and I was like, all right, you know, what, let's just try because there's not going to be a better time. Mm -hmm. And the whole plan was, all right, we start today, get pregnant. Nine months later, my dissertation will happen. Mm -hmm. I my water breaks, and I don't have to defend. I <laughs> automatically pass. That was honestly the goal. 
<laughs> I love it. Um, imagine if that had happened. Imagine. Like, to the letter. That would have been God. amazing. And I had it, like, nailed down to the date. Like, I really did do that work to figure it out. That's and, awesome. Um, it definitely didn't happen. Okay. <laughs> so, did not happen. But even before, like, as we started going through not getting pregnant month after month, uh, we started having these, like, hard conversations. Like, do you want to do IVF? Do we want to go invasive? Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, to me, it was a lot easier to make peace with possibly never being a mom than it was to go through a failed cycle or a mis- uh, possible miscarriage. Okay. Um, so just to backtrack a little bit, at this point, you hadn't gotten pregnant at all or you, had, you, mm-hmm. you hadn't had a miscarriage no, or it had, just wasn't happening? It wasn't happening. Okay. And I mean, a lot of, there's a lot of factors against us, right? Like I've had the irregular cycles. Um, then we were both in our 30s at this mm-hmm. point, And I've also been diagnosed with celiac disease. Mm-hmm. So infertility has always been kind of hypothesized to be affiliated with it. So, I mean, having that conversation, we were both in agreement. I, I mean, just to give you an idea, like I lost my dog. Uh, that year, and that Aww, devastated me. So I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it's part of life. Right? Yeah, that's but so hard, though. After seeing how I reacted to that, my husband was like, "All right, if she does have a failed cycle, like, I don't think she's coming back from it." Oh wow, it, that's interesting. Yeah, okay. so I, I just get way too attached, and especially, I mean, like for people who go through this, I have so much compassion for them because it's. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. So we started doing everything right. I started peeing on every stick I could get my hands on. <laughs> took my temperature every day. And uh, to the point, like, I was waking before 30 a.m. every single day, so I took it at the same time. Uh-huh. And I used every fertility tracking app. Okay, was, so all this over-the-counter stuff. Had you guys done anything with in terms of his health? Like, had he gotten um, his sperm tested or anything like that? Or were you, you just we didn't, didn't want to have any medical interventions? Yeah, right? we didn't want to do that. I mean, okay. like, his, I think if it came down to it he would have been open to it mm-hmm. I just we just never had that conversation on his side I assumed it was going to be me because mm-hmm. I, I had all the issues right so honestly I didn't even think about having him looked at yeah you know, and which, also at this point were you looking back on the false diagnosis and the you know the birth control and wondering oh if that gosh. had affected your fertility I think early on no but come month like 14 mm-hmm. yes yeah oh, god like the dark places I went to I think once I that kind of entered my brain was was horrible and yeah. the worst thing is you're hearing other people saying that they're getting pregnant they just came off birth control and got pregnant in the first try and I'm like okay, right so what the hell is happening to me right I, I, don't, I don't I don't understand yeah the things that people say to you sometimes I know and it's infuriating it is but it's also people that probably had a really easy go at it mm-hmm. um, so they don't really know the struggles mm-hmm. um, and I think that that's kind of something that we as a community need to be more vocal about like let's not hide behind closed doors that it's difficult to get pregnant let's mm-hmm. share that way so I love what you're doing here where you're actually sharing people's stories thank you and thank you for being on I think until we start increasing the awareness of how mm-hmm. difficult it is um, yeah it's not going to change right right um, so you guys are trying mm-hmm. and month is rolling into month and what were you feeling like emotionally and how were you and your husband doing? Was there any yeah. sort of... I mean, he's he's a great human being. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean the a... Lion King. Hello. <laughs> I mean, he... Um, to say that he's supporting is a huge understatement. And it's because I think he feeds off of what I'm feeling before I even know I'm feeling it. So somehow he knows what to do and what to say. I don't wow. I don't know how he does that, but I think this is like proof that you find the right person and um, your life will be made. But um, he's we were we were okay. I mean, I think if, if anything, it was me 
getting so frustrated and disheartened with myself that yeah. I was probably lashing out at him unreasonably. Yeah. But he took it in stride. Right. So it was a really dark time for me. Like, I um, I started secluding, um, isolating myself. Mm-hmm. I hated going to family events. I mean, so I'm, I'm Indian, mm-hmm. and I'm sure if any of your listeners are Indian as well, they know that until you get married, the number one question you get is, so when are you getting married? The day you get married, when are you having kids? Mm-hmm. And there's no filter. So, like, anyone will ask you that. And what am I going to do? Sit there and be like, I'm trying, it's just not happening? Right. No, you go into this, like, internal dark place where it's like, you have no idea what I'm, what I'm going through right now, thanks. Yeah. And then, like, once you say, no, we're, we're not trying right now, just to kind of cover it, well, you should think about it because it gets harder the longer you wait. I know. Right. I know this. So, it, and you can't fault them. I mean, that's a cultural thing, I think. But it's, yeah. it's really hard to hear. Yeah. Um, what about your own parents? How was that for them? I didn't tell them. Okay. I wasn't open about how difficult it was because they were also some of the biggest proponents being like, you guys should try to start thinking of having a baby. Stop right. working so hard. It's, you're adding so much stress to your life. And little do they know that the stress is because I'm not having a baby. Right. Um, so, probably my fault for holding it all in, but... There's not much that anyone can really do. Right. Right. So if anything, it's more stress on my parents when they can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And so you were almost kind of protecting them by not telling them. In a way, I get yeah. that, yeah. In a way, yeah. But then I feel like it also comes back to, like, if you open up about it to your parents, just because they want to help you, all this, like, advice starts coming with it. Right. And I just wasn't in the spot for it to hear Sure. Like, like, drink this tea, it'll make you pregnant tomorrow. Right. No. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. I'm a biologist. I know that it's, that's not how it works. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so it was just a really dark period. I definitely stopped talking to a lot of, not stopped talking, but like wasn't as open with my friends. Mm-hmm. But I think after a year of me going through this, a little bit less, I want to say, it was a really weird moment. Um, I had taken my 274th ovulation stroke oh my gosh you kept track yeah I did wow it was it was that because I was I was writing everything down I'm, I'm like I literally had notebooks full of all this data right right because I was like okay if I'm doing this let me learn something about my body and it was the 274th strip I remember sitting in the bathroom floor and I had gotten um, a positive result on the ovulation kit yes on the strip yesterday and then today it's negative so like how, how did this happen like mm-hmm. how did I peak in one day and or I get a high and then I dropped to mm-hmm. a low like that shouldn't happen. Or how did I miss my windows? I was so frustrated because it had already been almost 10 months of us trying. And um, I remember looking at my reflection in the bathroom shower door and I was like, this is so stupid. Like, why aren't we doing something that is actually telling me about my body? We're in 20, what at this point is 2017. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why is there no technology to actually improve this? Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of where I started questioning everything. Yeah. Um, and I started doing a lot of homework. I started digging into all the products that were out there, uh-huh. all the options that were available to me if I didn't want to spend, like, over $3,000 on a treatment. And I realized that everything was, there was nothing available for me. Everything was designed for women with irregular cycles. Uh-huh. So, oh, sorry, with regular with cycles. With regular cycles, right. Okay. Apologies, Yeah. My God, the fire that was ignited in me that day was insane. You had, like, as Oprah would say, an aha moment <laughs> in that bathroom, I sitting did. on that floor, looking in the reflection. Yeah, like, 
covered in tears. Like, yeah. Just devastated. Sometimes we have to be brought to our knees, yeah. I feel like, to have those moments. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, literally and figuratively. I just got them too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree. And just on a personal note for me, like I've had some of my best ideas and moments in a yoga class where mm-hmm. again I'm like down on my knees and right. it's almost like you're giving in to like the universe and that's sometimes you get flooded with like oh this is the way I should go or right. this is that's where I thought of oh I should do a podcast duh right. so, anyway okay back to you <laughs> yeah no absolutely I think uh, when you're in that um, like that vulnerable position that's mm-hmm. when the best things come to you mm-hmm. but God, like it was like I was on this mission to just capture as much information about my body. So like, I think that was another drive to like pee on the stick every day, like mm-hmm. log that. Wake up at four thirty every every morning and make sure you take your temperature with the same thermometer every single day. Right. Didn't miss a day tracking any feature in mm-hmm. any app. I, I tracked everything. Okay. Um, and what were you finding out about your own body? And what, I guess, a two parter. What were you realizing was missing? Because we're leading up to the fact that you've created this incredible product, and we're mm-hmm. going to get into that more of a deep dive called Uva. And tell me about just the two parts of like you were learning about your own body, and then you knew that something was missing on the market that you could help create. So collected all this data for eighteen months, right, diligently, and all I learned is that I had irregular cycles. Okay, I knew that. Right, <laughs> you're like, yeah, knew that. Um, have yeah. known that. I, I learned nothing. Mm. Nothing. Like, my temperature was all over the place. My okay. like my uh, strip, my ovulation strips were all over. Like, I'm having two peaks in a month. Or, mm. like, it just made no sense at all. The, the fertility apps were predicting all these things, but, like, I could, I could tell they were lumping me into a 28-day cycle. Mm-hmm. So all the predictions were based off of when my last period was. But, like, if I haven't had one in six months, how are you... Like, I don't understand this prediction. Right. Or I remember using a fertility app. I think it was called Maybe Baby. I don't know if it's still <laughs> a thing. But it would say, well, how long is your cycle? And you'd enter the number, and then it would track it. But it was like like you're saying, if you have an irregular cycle, some days it's 28, some right. days it's 40. You right. know, So that doesn't – it's not applicable to, right. to that either. So, yeah, that's really all I learned. And it, like, really opened my eyes to the fact that people with irregular cycles, because I'm not the only one. Um, need something to help them that mm-hmm. doesn't involve a clinician intervention. Mm-hmm. You should be able to do this at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really what the idea for our company came from. Right. Um, but I guess before we jump into that, the one thing I did start doing when I started, when I had this like revelation, was I started opening up about about this to my friends. Okay. Because I was like, okay, if I don't want to kind of involve my parents, because I think that it would be too emotional for them. Sure. They were like ready for grandkids the day we got engaged. Right. I mean, a long engagement too. So they were waiting <laughs> for quite a while. But I started opening up with my friends about it, and I found out some of my closest friends actually went through IVF and just didn't tell anyone. Wow. I was like, why, why did you And this is only this? a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't tell anybody. And I was like, why didn't you share this? And they were so embarrassed about it. And not even embarrassed, but just like, well, what would you have done? Sure. And they didn't know how to bring it up because it felt like kind of like what I was going through. Like, you feel like something's wrong with you. Yep. And you don't want to open up about that. Yes. Um, so much. So that was kind of another fuel to my fire. Like, we're going to change the tone of this conversation. Mm-hmm. And you're not, you shouldn't be embarrassed about this. And that's really where this uh, this company for Uva mm-hmm. came about. So tell me, so what's going on in your personal life in terms of trying? So you're kind of like, you have this idea to create this technology, and but you're still trying to have a kid mm-hmm. on the side. So yeah. <laughs> how is that working in tandem? Oh, it was like... I'm putting more fuel to the fire every single day that I'm getting a weird result. It's like, all right, we've got to build this. I have to build this thing. Um, So it was kind of the 
silver lining or like the light at the end of the tunnel for me. Like whether I get pregnant or not, I'm doing something to change this. That's for other so women. great. So in a way, it probably helped my, my mental state. Yeah. <laughs> but it there's still that, that darkness that continue to follow you. It was just this, um, it was definitely a good motivator for me. Right. And something to focus on. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I think it also goes back to that whole notion of like, when you want something so badly and your all of your energy is focused on that, for some reason it doesn't happen. Yeah. But when you retreat a little bit, sometimes, you know, it does. Yeah, you're right. That's absolutely um, true. But okay, so let's talk about Uva. So tell me, first of all, we've talked about this before, and I love just the whole concept of it. And I love that you and I share the goal of like, we really truly want to help other mm-hmm. people. And we want to make this space more, less stigmatized and more approachable and just more talked about in so many different ways. So I've from the second <laughs> we met, I was like, oh my God, we're kindred spirits. <laughs> I love her. I love what you're doing. Tell me, first of all, how did you come up with the name? Okay because I love this story. Sure, so um, there's actually somebody who is in our team. He's one of our advisors now, and he's Italian, like the most non-girly person ever. Like he's he's such a guy's guy, right? And we were trying to come up, I, I kind of pitched this idea, and like we were like, we want to go forward with this kind of a concept, but we need a name for it. And some of the names that were being thrown out were ridiculous. So he's like, you know, there are eggs involved, right? And I'm like, yeah, obviously there's eggs involved. He's like, there's this candy in Italy called Ovetti that is this chocolate thing, and when you crack it open, there's all these little like surprises inside of it, so kids love it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of like what Uva is, right? So why don't we call it? I was, once he said Ovetti, I'm like, Uva, um, because we kind of view this as this like shell of a product that has all this insight and mm-hmm. information inside that can really empower you to take control of your health, which mm-hmm. is what our ultimate goal is. Um, so it is kind of like you have this box of surprises mm-hmm. once you open up uh, Uva's box. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's stuck. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> stuck, yeah. So tell tell our listeners, what is it exactly? So we've developed an at-home test that accurately measures two key fertility hormones, progesterone and luteinizing hormone, from urine samples. So it was very important to me that the test was accurate and that it was non-invasive mm-hmm. because I don't think women want to be taking blood tests every day. Mm-hmm. But what we've done is we've actually married this, this data to an iPhone app. Uh, right now it's available on iOS, but it'll be available on Android soon that actually does the interpretation for you. So we're not asking you to sit there with two strips and compare the intensities of the lines. Um, our app does all the interpretation for you mm-hmm. and then provides you with accurate insights on your fertility profile. Mm-hmm. Every test is personalized, so we determine what each woman's baseline is and then detect fluctuations in our hormone levels uh, by comparing to that. Mm-hmm. So we can identify when a woman's most fertile days are and then also confirm that she released an egg that cycle. Mm-hmm. So the great thing is that I don't care if your baseline is super low, super high, or in the middle, or just off that month, mm-hmm. we'll detect it because we're getting these hormone measurements um, that are personal to you right? and not comparing you to the threshold, mm-hmm. which a lot of the current products do. Mm-hmm. We also don't lump you into a 28-day cycle. We learn what your cycle is by seeing how your hormones are trending. Mm-hmm. The great thing about our reproductive system is that it is cyclic. So no matter how many days that is, we can follow what that trend looks like mm-hmm. over time and learn and make um, more accurate insights month after month. So tell me about the two different tests that you guys are doing. So the the 
you you say it. Lutenizing <laughs> hormone. <laughs> the lutenizing. Okay. So progesterone, we'll LH, and progesterone. All right. So progesterone and LH. Why is that? Why is what you're doing different? Because not everybody tests for both of those, right. correct? Yeah. So it's not actually two tests. It's okay. one test. So you provide a sample on one strip, and then we measure both in a single strip. Okay. So measures for both. Sorry. Yeah. So um, LH is, or I'll say, luteinizing hormone is really critical for determining when you're about to release an egg. Mm-hmm. So the way that the hormones work, um, I don't know if science is the right topic here, but we can dive into it a little bit. Um, so your LH levels start to surge right before ovulation. Mm-hmm. And you want to try to have intercourse every other day leading up to that surge. So that surge can span from like a day to five days. It depends on on a woman's cycle. Okay. So because we're able to compare to your baseline, we can detect when that surge is about to happen very accurately. Yeah. So we can pinpoint where your most fertile days are and then also continue that until you release an egg. So progesterone is really key for uh, determining when an egg is released. So if you release an egg that cycle, your progesterone levels will spike. And if they, if you don't, then the progesterone should stay relatively low. Okay. So, so cool. It's out now, which is so exciting. Mm-hmm. I'll put all the information where people can purchase and okay. get the app and all that stuff. Cool. But back to your trying to have a baby. Mm-hmm. So what was happening? So you're, you're working on this product. Yeah. You have a co-founder, I correct? Do. Yeah, Jerome is actually, who's also my co-founder, is um, pretty amazing. So I was in the middle of my PhD when I had this like epiphany of doing mm-hmm. that, and um, or not middle, but towards the end of it. And um, it was your bathroom floor moment. Yeah, <laughs> floor or, I don't know if you were on the floor, but I, I was. Just said, okay. I was. I was sitting on the floor, sharing, looking at my okay. reflection in the bathroom. Uh, sorry, the shower door. Yeah. So I came into the lab that day, and he walked by. I was like, "Hey, Jerome, there's." so much innovation in technology. He's, he's an engineer by training. So I was like, there's so much innovation here. Why can't we apply some of this to the women's health space and actually make a difference? And he looked at me and he's like, I don't know. And then he walked away, uh, like typical engineer fashion. Right. And um, an hour later, he comes back. He's like, Amy, I think we can do it. Wow. And um, we spent the rest of the day in a conference room and like mapped out Uva. Wow. So um, it just resonated with us both so well because he's had his own struggles with secondary infertility. Oh, wow. Um, and with me with we'll have to get him on the pod as well. Yeah, he's, he's wonderful. Yeah. But he's, uh, he's really been the best partner to kind of push Uva forward because he obviously understands the the technology side of this. Mm-hmm. And being a scientist, like, you can have these, like, crazy ideas. It's so different when you hold it in your hand. Mm-hmm. So what he was able to do was, like, take my crazy thoughts and then go home, 3D print something for me, and the next day he's like, here, this is what it would look like. Right. And I'm like, oh, crap. So I should say, awesome. we ha- they can't see this, but we have the 3D printed yeah. product sitting right here. So can you explain it a little sure. bit or so, describe it? Yeah, so the starter kit would come with a holder that you would keep on your countertop, mm-hmm. and then it also comes with a handle that has an eject button on there, and then it will come with a month's supply of cartridges that are disposable. So the idea is that you would actually click on a cartridge every morning, Provide the urine sample on it, similar to how you do a pregnancy test. Mm-hmm. Rack it back onto the, the holder, scan it with your phone, and then once you get the results, it takes a couple a couple seconds, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you just hit the eject button and throw it back in the garbage. Mm-hmm. So you never have to touch the urine, super sanitary, mm-hmm. and it looks nice. And non-invasive, and non-invasive. it's cute, too. <laughs> so this is great, and it gives women, like you're saying, it, it puts the power back yeah. in their own hands. And so the idea here is that, like, you shouldn't, like, let's say you have to go through an invasive procedure, you choose to go speak with your OB about it, you shouldn't go there vulnerable and with your body a black box. Go there armed with the information that UVA can provide you, Mm -hmm. which is how your hormones trended 
over X number of months, Mm -hmm. which is really useful for not only you, but also your doctor. Right. And something that we didn't really mention is that we actually spun this out for Mount Sinai. So we have, like, we're clinically backed. And uh, clinicians have love what we're building here. Um, So what we're planning on launching with eventually, eventually, very soon actually, is um, a report that you can actually print out and give to your doctor. Oh, wow. They can make decisions off of your hormone levels, and you're not having to kind of take it, get these like snapshot measurements that you get through blood. Right. It's it's more dynamic. Right. Because these hormones are dynamic. They change daily. Yeah. So um, if you have irregular cycles, you don't want to be dependent on what your hormone levels are that day because it's so dependent on your cycle day. Right. And if, I mean, I don't know if you're like me, but I know every time I go to the gynecologist, they're like, when's your last cycle? And I'm like, mm, and I kind of look yeah. at my phone and I'm like, I don't know, the 11th? Like, right. I don't know. I mean, right. I don't really track it anymore now, but they still do ask that. Of course. And yeah. So this is so powerful to have the actual scientific data and be like, yeah. this is what's happening. We're also tracking whatever you'd like to track. So if you use any period tracking app, you can enter any of that subjective information in our app as well. But the added benefit is that we feed all of that into our machine learning algorithm. So we actually marry those symptoms to your hormone levels and figure out why you're experiencing those symptoms. Like let's say you report that you have headaches and we see that your hormones are behaving in a certain way. Come next month, we can actually predict that, okay, your hormones are approaching this. You may be experiencing these kinds of symptoms now Mm. and inform you of that so you could be prepared oh wow okay it's incredible and also I want you to talk a little bit about beyond this because you know we brushed on this when we met last time too you want to you know kind of expand this to test for other things as well we talked about menopause Mm -hmm. and a lot of other health issues for women yeah I mean we really want to revolutionize women's healthcare, and I think this use case that we've um, highlighted is we've chosen it because it's so personal to both me and Jerome. Yeah. But it's this isn't where it stops. Right. Um, we really want to continue this product line to go into uh, tracking your pregnancy, postpartum care, menopause detection and treatment, and then maybe even going back to the birth control thing and figuring out what birth control you should take instead of having to do this trial and error that I had to go through. Mm-hmm. So we can we can determine all that by seeing how your hormones are behaving. Yeah. Time. So this is just the beginning. It's, it's so exciting. I love to hear all this stuff, and it's totally over my head. But I think I've, I think after talking to you now a handful of times, I think I've got a grasp on it. Okay, so flashing forward a little bit, you do have a son. I do. So tell me about how it finally happened for you. God, that uh, pregnancy test day. Gosh, I, I remember it so well because I was shocked. I, that weekend I had been feeling so sick, and mm-hmm. I, I swear I went on WebMD and I had every single symptom for stomach cancer. So I wake up Monday morning oh, and God. I have stomach cancer because there's no way I'm pregnant. Right, and you still hadn't done any medical anything. No, you just nothing. kept trying and kept yeah. tracking. Okay. Yeah, and my husband was actually getting very frustrated because I'm like, we, we need to, we have to do it tonight. And he's like, I'm like the typical story, like I'm late at work, like I can't come home. And right. Like the guilt trips I would give him on, the, on through text, man. Yeah, um, so sexy too. I know. Like, right? We need to do it. <laughs> I'm like, I, I even said one time, like, I'll, I'll get roses. Like, you know. <laughs> we can put on the Lion King. Oh man. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, I took the pregnancy test that morning, and I saw this like super faint line. Right, I'm like, it's not positive, and I threw it in the garbage. Um, and I went to work. I love that you just toss in the garbage. <laughs> You're like, no, it's not happening. Yeah, I, I literally, I went to work. I slept on the train. I get into my office and I was like, wait a minute. If that was positive, I can't not address it. 
Right. So I called my doctor and I was like, I didn't even have an OB at the time. So like I'm Googling a doctor that falls into my insurance and I, I made an appointment. I was like, I think I got a positive test, but I don't know. And they scheduled me for a week later. So I was like, okay, you can handle this. <clears throat> this is like 10 a.m. at this point. And then it starts thinking in like, oh my God, there might be something growing inside of you right. that is meant to grow inside of you. And um, I went home because I was like this... I just I couldn't even make like wrap my head around it. Right. I, I was just so shocked. And I didn't even tell my husband. So that whole day I get home and I'm like in denial, like going back and forth. Like it's probably not pregnancy test. I didn't want to take another one because I wanted to wait until the next morning. Mm-hmm. So bought that is some restraint right I there. I would have bought like 25 on the way <laughs> well, home. Well, I did. Okay. But I meant but to you use them all tomorrow. Got it. <laughs> so the next morning I I took another test and I got no lines. It was a dud. Oh. So I was like, oh, it's not positive I guess like I'm not pregnant whatever went back to work right I couldn't focus on anything Mm -hmm. my head is just totally in this and the next day I took another test and it was so clearly positive and at that point I called the doctor and I had been feeling really lightheaded Um, I don't know if it was just because I was so stressed out or Mm -hmm. like what was going on in my head um but I called I'm feeling really lightheaded and they're like are you fainting I'm like I think I said I'm feeling really faint and lightheaded and they're like they took it as you're fainting and you might be pregnant so mm. come in today Ooh. and I was like oh okay they made me, me I went in that day they did an ultrasound I saw the heartbeat wow I was like oh my god I'm, I'm pregnant oh and my gosh I how was, far along I was six weeks oh wow it was so early but then I was, I was like making peace with it myself and I'm like wait I need to tell my husband he has no idea oh my god <laughs> that I'm dealing with all this um so I, I didn't tell him on the phone. I went and I, I printed out that I got the ultrasound, put it in a frame. I went out and I bought a monkey and a pig because I used to call him monkey and he used to call me piggy <laughs> in, the, in the sweetest way. Right, right. <laughs> we know and, he's a sweet guy. Um, I put those both on the bed and I was like, do you think our, our baby's going to be a monkey or a pig? And um, oh. <laughs> so... I put that on the bed. I'm thinking, all right, he's going to come upstairs, like, change, and, like, then he'll see it. No. He decides, first time in his life, I'm going to come home from work, sit on the couch, eat dinner. Oh, God. Like, not go upstairs until I'm ready for bed. Right. So it's, like, 11 o'clock, and I'm waiting for him to go upstairs. Oh, my gosh. And he's not. I would have been like, babe, go upstairs. (laughs) Go change. Finally, I'm like, hey, don't you want to get more comfortable? And he's like, why? Is there something upstairs? I'm like, no, just what just go up and I feel like you could see it on my face right I'm smiling so hard right now I know I I think that's how it came out then too so he kind of knew something was up yeah when he goes up and he there was tears in his eyes he was just so happy oh Um, that's a great moment yeah took like all day to get there I thought I'd have to wait six hours but now I had to wait right so so how so you had tried for 18 months 18 months okay and how many, I know you have the stats, how many tests did you take? I did math, 18 months times 30. So we're talking over 300 and, what, what is this? Why can I do this? Yeah, I'm not good at math. I'm looking at you. 540 tests. Okay. Yeah. Oh my so. gosh. That's incredible. <laughs> and you sent me a picture of him. This is, his hair had just gotten cut and he's oh so cute. He's a little character. Yeah. Um, definitely has a little bit of me and a little bit of my husband in there. Yeah. Amazing. That's totally worth all that struggle. Like, right. none of that matters anymore. Okay. 
Okay, guys, thanks so much for listening to my conversation with Amy. And if you want more information on Uva, you can check out their website, uva.life. There's also an app, so you can search for that wherever you get your apps. And I just wanted to tell everybody that I'm thinking of them. And if you're going through a hard time, please feel free to reach out to me via email or DM or however you can, however you need. I'm here. You are not alone. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next time.